Tony DePani here. Uh, you are about to listen to a pre-recorded two-part episode on marriage and divorce from the Patriarchy Podcast. We recorded this ahead of time a couple weeks back uh, because Joseph's wife at that point was just about ready to give birth to their son, who is now born, and Mama and Baby are doing just fine. My wife's actually due in two months, so there might be another point where we pre-record another two-part or three-part episode. But hopefully you'll enjoy this one. Uh, I actually really enjoy this. I think this is a really great episode. Uh, so we're going to release uh, this part, uh, obviously, this week, and then next week we'll release part two, so stay tuned for that. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. This is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. This pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminists hate patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show, and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. patriarchy. You are male are you saying you have authority over me? Go eat your superior. I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of patriarchy. Don't you say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. 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 And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. And that is Matthew chapter 19, verses 9 to 10. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, and you are listening to The Patriarchy. My name is Tony DePani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Joseph, what kind of sandwich are you eating today? Well, you know, last week was St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my wife, you know, um, she never had this, believe it or not, corned beef. Really? Um, yeah. So, you know, we looked up some recipes and stuff. And okay. so uh, we went and bought some corned beef and she fixed it, uh, you know, put it in a, uh, I think like a, not a crock pot, like a big old, big old pot, some water in it mm-hmm. and potatoes. Uh, I think you cook it for a while first before you put the potatoes and stuff in it. Yeah. Cause you otherwise so. your potatoes get too soft. So she put potatoes, carrots, um, like big onions and, and, uh, uh cabbage man. And, uh, she cooked that all like all day, slow cook. And it was really, really good. And so, Getting it around to the sandwich part of this. Uh, sure, sure. So we bought some sourdough bread. You know, um, I can't eat normal bread because um, of uh, there's too much sugar and carbs in it. Gotcha. But so uh, bought some sourdough bread, some Swiss cheese and sauerkraut and Thousand Island dressing. And so we put that together on the bread and made a, uh, um, sandwich, like corned beef, beef Reuben sandwich. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, it was great, dude. And so, you know, we ate that today. Nice. had, uh, uh, my, my daughters helped fix it for me. So it's really good to have your daughters make a sandwich and then, uh, they go with it. It's going to sound weird cause I couldn't eat bread, but like they made some cupcakes, but they were like keto cupcakes. Like I could eat and stuff. Okay. Okay. Keto cupcakes. All right. Yeah. So, you know, they had like uh, uh, chocolate and then some cream cheese icing. Mm, Nice. And and frosting. And so, but my son Ezra got into the frosting. Uh oh. And he got it all over the inside. I don't know. Tell me how you did this. He got it all over the inside of our freezer. Like we just got this brand new refrigerator. And he somehow got it smeared, this frosting, all over the inside of the freezer. Okay. I, yeah. I have no idea. Huh? I have no idea how he did that. 
Yeah, it's I don't we we've been having a hard time figuring out how he like. <laughs> but you know, it's okay because the new freezer has an auto defrost feature. Oh, oh. I was oh, okay. You got me. <laughs> for a for a just a second there, I was I was just starting to track with the story. I was like, this is there's enough truth in this that this actually could be. I mean, I'm sure actually some of that did happen, but uh, oh goodness. Okay, all right, yeah. You got one. I got zero. All right. Okay, so moving on. Uh, what I ate this week, uh, my wife made a wonderful roast beef sandwich. Um, so it had roast beef. It was on uh, toasted rye bread. It had melted uh, mozzarella cheese and had, I don't know if you ever tried this, but it's really good. If you put just like a tiny bit of basil on the on the cheese, it's really huh. good. It's good. It, it's just a little bit of extra like taste to it. Yeah, nice. And then some, uh, you know, some mayo, your, your lettuce and stuff like that on it too. Uh, but Why would you put my lettuce on it? Well, I, you grow fresh, I don't know. You grow fresh lettuce. Shut up. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on. We, we have a, uh, we have a segment that, uh, uh we probably had one fairly recently, but, uh, we're going to bring back an oldie but a goodie a segment we like to call. At the intersection of woke and bespoke. This woman is engaged to her chandelier. Seriously, she has a ring to prove it. Just like anybody who falls in love with somebody else, they want to be close to them. And so I enjoy being close to my chandeliers. 33-year-old Amanda Liberty owns more than two dozen fancy light fixtures. I've admired them for years. I've loved the way that they've looked. I've loved the way that the light catches on the little crystals. And, and I've just loved them in general. I think they're beautiful things. The chandelier that stole her heart is named Lumiere, after the candelabra in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was already laughing, but th- that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, be your guest. What the heck? I mean, wow. Can you get any more woke than that? I You asked that question, but uh, I have a strong suspicion this time next year we may say yes and have another one of those. I mean, this is pretty enlightening. Oh, oh. You're waiting the whole time just to say that. <laughs> Set it up. I mean, that's why it fits with being woke. You have your eyes lightened, you know. Oh goodness, that's so stupid. Oh, oh, and I'm telling. If I remember this right, because uh, this was this has been quite a few years back. Actually, I think this news. Yeah, it's from 2017. If I remember right, I could be wrong. Could be somebody married some other weird inanimate object. But I think it was this woman who later actually ended up getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> from the chandelier and it was if i remember there was a news article about the like it was either she or the chandelier cheated on her <laughs> i don't know oh it's so dumb oh this is what happens people oh man oh that's so weird okay where where was this at where did this happen at so i uh they might have said in it let me see if i could check the news article uh uh, it doesn't say exactly where. So she clearly has an accent, but the thing was, is uh, so I have the video feed. Her living room or wherever she keeps all of these chandeliers, she had like the Statue of Liberty and a bunch of like American flags and everything in there. So it could it could oh, so still she be. She had more than one chandelier. Oh yeah, it said something in there. I, th- I believe it was this article so that she's talked about into she... polygamy as well. <laughs> She's she's a, a oh Church of Latter Day Chandeliers or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know you know you know how they how their relationship got sparked. Oh no, how? You know the first thing she said is, "Well, you know, you really light up the room." Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. 
Uh, that's so weird. Okay. Okay. Well, well, that was. We laugh, but seriously, it, it, it's a mockery. And what? It, that's all it is. It, this woman is yeah, wicked. You, you love your. You love yourself and your sin so much, and God gives you over to truly ridiculous and even perverse things. And that's. It is so absurd. I mean, it's worth laughing at, but but it is, yeah, as you said, it is absolutely sad. At the same time, it, that, that she's so far into that that that's that somebody didn't love her enough to try to set her straight on it. But who are you to judge, Tony? Oh no! I mean, seriously, Jesus never said anything about not getting married to a chandelier. <laughs> That was, that was the 11th commandment that... Uh, Moses, that's the Old Testament. That's the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Good old Andy Stanley told us we can unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament, right? Oh, Speaking boy. of all this, man. Yeah. All right, let me uh, segue into where we're headed. I still need a soundbite for a segue every time we say that. but Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, we're like Paul Blart. On that uh, segue. Yep. Yes. I don't ever want to drive one of those. I think I've made that abundantly clear on the show. They scare me to death. I'm never getting on one. My uh, sister-in-law, it wasn't quite one of those segues. It was more of like the, it was like the the segue without the stick part of it. Uh, what do you call those? Like a, where you just, like skate. oh, like the, almost like the skateboard looking thing. Yeah. Would you go it, forward? It, it, yeah. It's like a don't motorized they just, thing. I, I thought they, don't they just act, call those, oh, isn't that the thing that they call a hoverboard, but it's not really a hoverboard? Yeah. Maybe that's why she was on it and fell off, broke both her hands. Yeah. I think you said that before. That sounds awful. Yep. Yeah. So, I, see, that, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not doing it. That's what I'm doing. We keep our segues right here in the show where it's safe and, uh, you we just keep it, we all right here. keep it right here. Smooth okay. segues. Smooth, yeah. This is absolutely the smoothest segue ever. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So actually, but it, it, the last clip does play into because what we're talking about is the state of marriage today. Mm-hmm. And um, in particular, part of the issue with marriage, and I think we, we discussed this before, is that people are not getting married. Yes. They're like getting married less and less. And, um, you know, uh, I can pull up the statistics, go back and listen to another episode to see that or something. But it's just amazing like how the age has changed and and you know you go back 50 years and something like 90% of people were married by the age of 30 uh you know half of them were married much much earlier and now we're at a point where like like 30% are married well, they, not even were they married 30. by age 30. I mean, they were married by age 30. They were having kids, and it just kept getting pushed back. So they were getting married later and later, and then it was having kids later and later, or mm-hmm. not at all, and then less and less. But, yeah, that episode yeah, yeah. that he's talking about, uh, it's a couple episodes back. I believe it was called uh, This is the Way. And and uh, so go back and look for that when you can listen to all of the statistics. Yeah, but so that's happening. And um, one of the things that's supposed to happen, according to the Bible and Titus, chapter two is that there's supposed to be older women that are teaching younger women to get married, to love their husbands, to love their children and to be keepers at home. Mm-hmm. And pastors and elders are also teaching this, you know, the apostle Paul instructs young women to get married. And, but the problem is we don't have these Titus two women a lot of times in churches. And part, part of the issue is that, uh, the reason we don't have that is because we have divorce like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these older women are compromised because divorce is just off the rails. Uh, um, and it's women that are initiating the divorce rate. And so uh, we need to deal with the question, what does the Bible say about divorce? And what does the Bible say about marriage? And then how do we... Um, you know, how do we prepare our young, our sons and our daughters to get married? So that's kind of what we want to talk about today. All right. Good, good subject. So let's go to Matthew then, chapter 19. And uh, this is a, a perfect uh, picture of 
answering all these questions. I mean, this is the perfect place to go. So you remember Matthew chapter 19, it begins with Jesus having left Galilee and now he's coming to a region of Judea. Like he's been doing all this ministry in Galilee and now he's coming to Judea and he's leaving Galilee for the last time to head towards the cross. And as he does, he's going to come in more and more conflict with the Pharisees. And that's exactly what happens here in Matthew chapter 19 is that Jesus is healing people. And then you get these Pharisees that show up on the scene and it says they come to test Jesus. And, uh, you know, how they test Jesus is they ask this question, which kind of seems silly on the surface, which is like, is it okay or is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? <laughs> They're fishing for something there. Yeah. It's like, well, any reason at all? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we at least, we at least to think, I mean, there might ought to be some reason, some defensible reason or or something but you know so they're trying to trip jesus up with this and and then you you got to think well how how is this a, a trap what are they expecting to happen that makes it a trap what what do you what do you think you're saying what what are they how are they trying to trap jesus is that what you're asking? yeah so they've asked this question and so evidently they think that this is a trap they evidently think that if Jesus answers this question, it's going to turn the crowds against him and they're going to be able to entrap him. Well, if I remember right, during the time, divorce was an issue, especially, I think, amongst the Pharisees. And so I think they were looking for, let's see, well, so if, let's, let's go with it. So if he said the divorce was all right for any reason, then of course, that's that's enough for, I think, them to kind of come after him. And then if he said for no reason at all, then he'd be going against Moses, right? Yeah, so that's the trap, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. if he says yes, and they're tempted to maybe think that he might, because you remember earlier Jesus had said, like, if you don't hate your own father, mother, wife, yeah, right, right, and children, and come after me. So what they're going to do is they're going to accuse Jesus of, see, he's this crazy cult leader. He's got no concern for husband and wife. He's just breaking them up, mm -hmm. you know, like David Koresh. Oh, sheesh, yeah. You remember, like, he... Yeah, I remember him. Uh, that's a, such an interesting story. I'm actually friends with on Facebook with one of the, one of the people that was in the, the, the... One of the survivors. Wow, we should have him on sometime. That'd be, yeah, that'd be interesting, yeah. Very interesting um, show. Uh, and what's interesting is, you know, David basically convinced these people to give up their wives to him. Right. And, and so, you know, that's what they would accuse Jesus of, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of being weak on marriage and disconnecting the physical realm from the the uh the spiritual and and sadly in christendom there's actually been this tendency to try to separate the two right the physical from the spiritual in such a way that like spiritual good physical evil or physical not necessary right right and so yeah. There's, you know, there was early on in church history and and throughout it a heavy, heavy emphasis on perpetual virginity. I mean, that's where we get that with Mary, but also with uh, uh, virgins in the church, and almost a like, you know, sex is bad kind of deal. And, uh, and then obviously by the time of the Reformation, that's become so bad that so many people are actually entering into the monasteries and the convents that like, I mean, marriage was in a huge, huge disarray at the beginning of the Reformation. And so one of the important truths of the Reformation was reclaiming marriage as a good truth and reclaiming the fact that while we, we focus on our souls and our souls are eternal, we live in the body. And so the only way that you can actually be faithful is to be faithful in your body, the faithful with the physical things like our faith impacts all that. And so, uh, uh, um, you know, you, everybody likes to point to that verse that says in Christ, there's no male or female slave or free Jew or Gentile. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And so, well, obviously, then what you do in the body, I mean, all that stuff's physical and earthly. And and yet we know that Paul's talking there about our our ability to be saved, our, our um, status before the Lord as his children and as being in the kingdom. But it doesn't mean that you're suddenly not a male or a female, a slave or free or Jew or Gentile. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't lose your sexuality. You don't lose your ethnicity. You don't lose your economic class when you become saved. Um, instead, we carry out our faith in the bodies that God gives us. So uh, there's been that tendency. So maybe they think we'll catch Jesus into that. But then it's probably more likely what you said is that also that there is a um, high divorce rate at that time, mm-hmm. right? It was pretty common. And so you get like the crowds that he's dealing with probably are dealing with divorce. And it kind of reminds me, their question reminds me, you're, you've seen when pastors get put on the news? Well, Amy just like interviewed. Yeah, so I've been yeah. interviewed by the media. And so no matter what the topic is about, like no matter what they're in, they could be interviewing you about like the fact your grandma died and she was a noteworthy person in the community. And they will ask you, and by the way, what do you think about homosexual marriage? <laughs> you know just, what I mean? Just right off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what are they what are they doing? Well, if you say, yeah, you know, I, I support that. Well, obviously, they'll take you and they will now use you as like, this Christian says this and yep. attack all the Christians. With yeah, the you'll become a spokesman. You. Yeah. Or if you say, you know, the Bible doesn't uh, honor this. This is an abomination. And then all of a sudden they clutch their pearls and now they have to warn the entire world about you, you this bigot. I don't know if they clutch the pearls anymore. I'm pretty sure they just grab their pitchfork and and yeah, yeah, yeah. hot hot oil and feathers. Yeah, yeah, they immediately go for that. Yeah, and so that's what that's happening with Jesus. So it's most likely then you know Jesus had taught earlier about divorce that they're thinking, all right, we'll trap Jesus up and uh, and uh, he'll uh, he'll either be so afraid of the crowds he won't say what he really means and we can catch him in a lie. Or we'll uh, just point him out as he's like crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. he won't let you divorce. He's judging you. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, uh, furthermore, you got uh, Moses. And what has he said? Right. Yeah. So, um, so you know, they asked that question. And again, I, I kind of want to come back to like the any reason at all part. And it, <laughs> it sounds like I said, it sounds silly. And yet, is it really all that silly? Because in our day, we have these things called no-fault divorce laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that's so, very true. Uh, do you know, Tony, when the first no-fault divorce law was created? Because it's a very, it's a pretty modern concept. Hmm. Good question. Um... And in what country? What country was the first country to have no-fault divorce laws? My default reaction is to say United States, but no, it's not the United States. So let's We're see. Not... No, no fault divorce. China. No, but you're there. I'll tell you this: they are in the news nonstop now. They're in the news nonstop now. Yeah. So this, con- this country is in the news right now. Russia. Nonstop. Russia. It was Russia. That's right. Wow. And it was in December 1917. 1970. Okay. Well, actually, that's, so, a, that's a little older than I thought you were said. You said recent, but. Yeah. But do you know what happened earlier in the year of 1917? No. The Communist Revolution. Oh. Oh. Wow. That's not coincidental. No, not at all. Because you have wow. like. Yeah. I mean, the Communist Manifesto and all the communists are, are talking about uh, freeing people from. Authority, uh, basically, authority but and, and private property yeah, well, oppression yeah, and yeah, all yeah. economic stuff. Wow! Like Goodness. Frederick Engels, for example, he wrote. Listen to this: the first condition for the liberation of the wife 
is to bring the whole female sex in the public industry. Wow. <laughs> Sheesh. And this in turn demands the abolition of the monogamous family. And so the idea is basically women are enslaved in marriage. If we're going to make them free, they have to become slaves of industry. <laughs> right? Uh, if you go back and you read really what the communism was trying to do, it is, I mean, even from a cursory glance at it, it's really wrong and wicked, but man, the all the stuff behind it, the the annihilation of, you know, traditional marriage, just everything. It's so bad. So and it's all double speak, right? You're you're truly free when you are in to the public industry, when you when you're out of the out of the home home and you're serving some company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they, they basically made government the god, so, yeah. Yeah. Now, what state was the first state to, to enact no-fault divorce? United States, you mean? In the United States? Yeah, yeah, yeah in the United States. Uh, no-fault, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but I always go to just California or New York. But yeah, California did it. It is California. Okay, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if any of them, it, 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 yeah. When was that? Do you know? Do you know when that 1968. Did? Okay, so it was significantly later than than that. Yeah. Although, let's see, 1968, so that would have followed. Well, that's right during the sexual revolution. I was going to say sexual revolution. revolution, uh, That's second wave feminism still, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, wow. Yeah. Now, believe this or not, the Harvard Journal of Law and Public Policy wrote a paper, a guy named Douglas Allen there, studying the effects of no-fault divorce. And what he discovered was that in just two years from the introduction of no-fault divorce, divorce increased how much? Wow. How much do you think? 30%. Uh, key, it's six-fold, six times. Wait, six six times what? It's 600%. Six, what? Wow. Man. <laughs> wow, that's absolutely crazy. I mean, not super surprising, I guess, but that that is high. Like And then guess what else massive. followed uh with that is immediately too. After what? After the divorce rate going all up? Yep, and the no fault divorce thing. And bring it back to what the communists said had to happen. Well the workforce. That's what you're yep. saying, right? Yep. The 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 rate in which women entered the workforce increased. Yeah. And then, yeah, the increase, and in this not just women, the increase in the numbers of hours worked in a week increased for all workers. Well, I mean, I guess, not. I mean, from a wicked standpoint, that makes sense because, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with me. If I'm away, I want to get home to my wife and kids. But if I <laughs> don't have a wife and kids, or if you don't have a husband, I guess if you're a woman at home, then it's more likely for them to work you to more. Yep. And then, uh, wow, that's crazy. And then, obviously, what follows from that is an increase in the age at which people are married. And so, well, what also followed? 19, were you saying 1968 or whatever? Yep, yep. I mean, mean, all kinds of stuff followed. 1973. I mean, yeah, yeah. Now, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to, you know, correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation, but Mm -hmm. there's definitely correlation going on here. Mm -hmm. Now, um, since then, I mean, the problem is, uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it was women committing all the, most of the divorces now. Like uh, 69% of all divorces are followed by women. Mm-hmm. If it's people that have college education, it's 90% of divorces are initiated by women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so you kind of have this like, well, any reason at all thing, uh, you know, again, is it a lawful to divorce for any reason at all? Question might be asked, is it lawful for a woman to divorce her husband for any reason at all? It's really what's happening. And so here's the top nine reasons given on one study of why a woman divorced their husband. So number one was indifference or clueless of the husband to their feelings. That's so that's number nine. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, yeah. These are the top nine. That was number one. Oh, wait, that's the primary reason? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, small gestures and reassurances are missing. So I don't know if these are necessarily in order. So I was going to say, might... is this an order? Like, this, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's insane that it's even on the uh, list, top right? 10. Yeah. Like, yeah sheesh, money yeah. problems are number three. I imagine Four, that was going to be on there. Yeah. Needs not being met at home. It, does Five. it specify needs or is it just more like wants? You know, they're needs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. more like their okay. wants. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Number five is the only legitimate one. Husbands who cheat on their wives. Okay. Well, yeah, I would expect that would be Six. on there. Yeah. Number six, marriage not living up to expectations. So that's basically the other one. Need not being met at home. Desire. You want. Yeah. Seven is substance abuse. Gotcha. So. I mean, it's a little, that's more serious. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm yeah. not surprised that one's on. That at least, yep. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that at least makes sense, more sense. Yeah, yep. okay. Eight was lack of romance. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that, that, that's basically, a lot of these are basically the same one, but okay, go ahead. And nine, physical and emotional abuse. Okay. So, so out of the nine reasons, one is specifically legitimate from the Bible, mm-hmm. and... I think you could make a case for physical violence being an attempted murder and, and would probably put be uh, uh, something that could end in a marriage. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah we could, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that later, but yeah, yeah. We can I go mean, around on that, but yeah, but I, 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 the ones, the three on there, although I, you know, is the, the substance abuse, the, Obviously, the cheating on them, and then the other one was the the violence against somebody. Uh, those at least don't surprise me that that's on the list. The other ones, I think, effectively, the other ones are all the same reason, aren't they? You don't. You, it's it's not what I want. Yeah, it's basically it's just it's yeah. Uh, it's basically I didn't get what I wanted, so I left. I took the kids and everything with me. Uh, yeah, and 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 some of those, uh, some of those reek of uh, media. Like uh, entertainment media was some talk about like the like the romance thing the romance isn't there and, and again I'm not saying romance doesn't matter to marriage you should you should you should endeavor to make your wife feel loved and you should do romantic things for her but that's not the height of marriage and you're not going to have that 24 seven but my point is is that there's so many uh, romantic comedies movies books you name it and everything is I guess forgive the pun romanticized <laughs> I mean r- literally. It, because it's just everything has to be this perfect fairy tale relationship, and and even that the other thing is people I think that people don't grasp is th- that does happen. I mean, there there are things that happen. You can have this. You you meet somebody, you fall in love. It's it's wonderful and romantic, and you get married, and and you know you move into this home or whatever. But generally, that's where the movie ends, right? You never, you never get the sequels. <laughs> you never get the sequel of like, you know, when when we ten years down the road, you know, like when when we I fell into financial hardships or when you know that kind of thing or whatever. Um, you never get that movie. Um, that might be a good movie. You call it like Happy Ever After, and you start the like the end of like the fairy tale movie, like like yeah. And they lived happy ever after, and here's what happened. And here's what happened next. After. Yeah, I there you go, Lore <laughs> Lore.tv. Make that one. Um, but you know that, but that was what I was thinking, and that's something that I don't know about you, but that's something I try to take into consideration with my daughters, in particular. Um, is I don't. My, I'm not saying I never. You know. Pride and Prejudice and things like that. I'm not saying it's all bad to watch, but I want them to have, and we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, proper expectations on it, because that is a worry of mine, because I, I see that, and it's so, it's such a huge industry, that particular part of the entertainment industry, it's such a huge industry, and it, it becomes, like anything with entertainment, it becomes almost part of the, what do you want to call it, the the collective psyche, or whatever you want to call it, of society, and it just, uh, without you even realizing it, becomes the norm in your head. And then when you don't get that or you you go into hard times, I actually, you know what? It's funny. I actually liken this to church youth groups that make everything about loud music and all that because it's the exactly same thing that happens is when they leave it, you wonder why. And I made a post about this. We talked about this on another episode. You wonder why youth leave the faith or leave the church when they leave high school and they get out in the real world. And it's because it's not all, you know, roses and rainbows or whatever you want to call it and it really becomes the fact where your commitment to your faith to god gets tested and the same thing happens in marriage um 
And it's, it's almost like the Bible says that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that happens, and people do. They they end up. They have all these really unreal. I mean, truly unrealistic expectations about their spouse. Whether it's your wife, you know, or the husband, depending on you know what gender we're talking about here. It, it, it still is. It is it's even permeated into men, too, that it's like, well, my wife is just always going to be wonderful and perfect, and she's never going to say anything wrong, and we're never going to fight and all that. You know? Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're right. Um, it's almost like you're reading my notes, because all everything you're saying is in <laughs> Sorry. my notes. I swear I'm not but, reading your notes. <laughs> but uh, 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 there was a survey on why men are not getting married now. Mm. And one of the reasons is they are hopeless romantics. And what they mean by it is like the man thinks that there is a soulmate out there. Yes, that's another huge misnomer. That's the perfect thing. And she's the perfect 10, like she's smoking hot. And she doesn't want to change him one bit. Yes, that's a huge <laughs> you thing. You know what I mean? Like she, huge he, thing. It's, it's, he's got basically a pornified view of women. Wow, that is and, part of it, yeah. And a Disney-fied view of it as well. And what's happening is it's not like he's not sleeping around and having sex with women. He's just not marrying them because they don't meet his... Mm-hmm. They're not the woman. They're not yep. the one. Yep. And they can even be in a relationship for a very long time with no intentions of getting married to the person. Because they're holding out for the better one to come. So, I mean, all these are terrible, terrible, terrible reasons. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know... Um, and again, I'm sure we can go through a list of why men divorce, and it will be just as pathetic and 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 bad. Mm-hmm. So let's get around to what Jesus says for the answer. Then, all right, all right. like, so what's how does Jesus answer the question? Uh, you want me to read it because I got it in front of me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go all ahead. Right, yeah. All right. Uh, said so he answered and said to them, "Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." Uh, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Yeah, so Jesus in, the, in that part gives you kind of three three groundings for marriage and why divorce is off limits. And I mean, we could spend eternity, it seems like, on this passage uh, uh, because there's so much. But the three reasons, let me just go through them real quick. All right, all right. Is the first one is that uh, marriage is grounded in the nature that God created us, male and female. And so, in, in, in other words, your very design points you to the institution of marriage, right? You go look in the mirror, you look at your body, and you see you have a sexual organ that's different than a woman's, and they're designed to complement to go together. Like, your body is determinative in a sense of what you're to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and the same thing for a woman. I mean, God basically he hired he hardwired it into into uh, uh, the very fabric of your creation. So like this whole idea that you can kind of be whatever you want to be, kind of thing, like you can sexual thing. Um, no, God is hardwired to us. Like we are sexual by design. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know everybody's up like been in this uproar about the the um, the man who won the women's swimming contest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you got to think again. This goes back to what you were saying earlier. The whole transgender thing is actually downstream from years and years of television, movies, music, literature, education, and even older people saying, "Be whatever you want to be." Yeah, well, that's the even that's the whole like what that's the American dream. You can be whatever you want to be, and uh, that's again, I, you know, ideas have consequences, and eventually that, accompanied with all of the other things we talked about, it do it, it sinks into people and a culture, and then you eventually start to unfortunately take it to its logical end, which is well, yeah, I can literally be whatever I want to be. That's what I feel like. Yeah, uh, the lady at my church just posted a, a picture. She went to Myers today, a grocery store, and they—I don't know why they're showing these T-shirts in a, um, the grocery store, but it was like a woman can do everything that a man could do. You know, it was like there's nothing stopping me, kind of deal. And so, like yeah. the very idea that we would be limited by our design is hated, 
And yet, uh, it is, it's your design. You can't get away from it. I mean, you really can't. Mm-hmm. And so that, uh, you know, Martin Luther says that the, the command be fruitful and multiply is not a command. It's more than a command, right? It, uh, uh, it's, it is something in which no person has the right in and of themselves to, to, to forbid themselves from being a part of. And if you try to do it, Right. If you try to tell yourself you're not going to get married and you're not going to follow your body's design, nature has a way. You know, it's like Jurassic Park. Life has a way. <laughs> life, nature life, has life a way, way yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it will come out in sexual immorality. Absolutely. Like yeah. fornication, adultery, uh, or, you know, in, in, in other ways. So the first point Jesus makes about marriage is like, this is what is in your bodies. And in particular, Adam and Eve fit together, then how in the world could divorce ever happen? Like it was not even a word in the garden. Right. How could it be? Because they were very designed and created for unity. And so that's the first, the first thing, right? God made them male and female. Uh, the second part of, of he, uh, his grounding for marriage is in what Matthew Henry calls the fundamental law of marriage, which is for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined with his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a whole lot you can say about that as well. But like, I think the point I would point out regarding divorce is that, uh, the marriage relationship is closer than a relationship that a parent has with their kids. So you're saying you should live at home with your <laughs> folks and bring your wife into that house, right? Oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, I think the general gist of yet, like there might be times when that's a necessary sure, thing yeah, for yeah. a while or something like that. But the, the general gist is that a man leaves his mother and father, he joins with the wife. That is, marriage is meant to be of a closer unity than that of the parents because the parent-child relationship ends right in some way in order to establish the marriage. So like... Right. Your relationship with your wife is more indissolvable than your relationship with your mother. Right. You have to, like you were saying, there, there may be a time where that has to happen for a short time, but you have to leave your mother and father to form that new life, like with your wife. And it has to, there has to be an end to have that beginning there. Otherwise, there, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> and so to think about like divorcing your spouse for any reason at all like mm-hmm. would you disown your mother for any reason at all right yeah i was just thinking about that the parents thing <laughs> or yeah you, yeah or your own child for any reason at all yeah mm-hmm. and so would you, you even know, ask that question like, yeah you wouldn't it's a dumb question <laughs> What a terrible question yeah and yeah. so and um i think you were getting at a point of application is actually for people who are married you need to remember this and protect your marriage right like uh, your marriage is more important than your relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, if the husband's always taking his mom's side against his wife, the right. wrong thing, go on, man. Yep. Or if the woman's always running off to tell mommy every time she has an argument with her husband. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the general rule really should be that, uh, and I, I, you know, it's funny cause I have this rule in a modified way, obviously as a father with my kids, but that uh, even if my wife is wrong in something, I'm still in her corner. Not to support her in her wrongness, but it's not like I'm going to then run off to my parents or her dad or whatever, you know what I mean? Like somebody else and side with them and kind of, you know, cross your arms and badmouth her and be like, well, look what she did or something like that. That's not, that's not how that works. You know, you should... I, I, I think you and I've you and I've either talked about it on the show or, or we've made posts on it, but talking about how you you shouldn't. One of the things that I see that grieves me greatly online is people go online and uh, badmouth their spouse, spouse, and they'll go on and do, they'll do it in some group or something like that. And I have commented, uh, actually, even our fan group, I've commented like this does not belong online. Like you should not be bringing this up, even you know, and the, it's like the uh, the old prayer group thing you know yep. you bring up the prayer request oh lord 
please help Johnny because Johnny was super mean to me and said bad things. You know, like and you're like, okay, no, you need to take yeah, that yeah. to Johnny there. But just like that with your wife, that's that's one thing I was thinking about I mean, leaving Cleve. So yeah, go there's ahead. way to get advice for things, or there's way to like there's actual real help in dealing with conflict. Absolutely, yeah. And that includes going to your pastors and elders. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's where you should go before yeah. on to Facebook and some group. So, yeah. Now, I think uh, also with, with this application, then we'll move to the third point here, uh, is that your marriage is also a higher priority than your relationship with your own kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that one is more of a temptation for wives than than husbands. I, I, well, I I, I agree, think? but I think there's a temptation both ways. So one okay. Okay, is that the wife, for example, can give herself to her children, like she can serve them all day long. Yes. But then she can't give herself to serve her husband. Yes. Okay. And, and that, yeah. on, on Sunday, I was talking about this, and I said, like, I said, if you give yourself to your kids, but you can't give yourself to your husband— your husband is more like a roommate who just happens to be your baby's daddy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's funny because it's true, but yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and you know, like that includes having sex with your husband because like a lot of women will use the excuse of like, and, and, and by excuse, I'm not downplaying. I want to have uh, a concern for, uh, the weaker sex here, but sometimes they'll use, you know, I've been working with the children all day. I'm tired of being touched. And then they will have no physical intimacy with their, their spouse, their Mm -hmm. husband. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if that's happening all the time, you got the relationship backwards, right? Because there's going to come a time in which your children are going to be out of the house and you're most people will have more time married together without the children than they will with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shorter time. Yeah. And if you made the children the center of the marriage, what happens when they're gone? There is no center. Uh, yeah. Yep. Now, you said mostly women, but I think husbands too. So here's how husbands do it. I think husbands are tempted to have more patience with their kids than their wives. That is a very good point. That's true. That is very true. Yeah. Right. You can understand their weakness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe yeah. you sometimes, actually, this happens a lot, is the husband will take the side of the kids in a dispute with the wife. Like the wife will like be upset at the kids or the mother will be, and the husband won't discipline the kids. Hmm. I don't know if like, I thought of that. I, I mean, I guess that's, I, maybe it's just that that part is not a temptation for me. But what you were saying, uh, the first part, that, that does, I do ca- catch myself with that. And, I, you know, part of it, I think it's because it's like, well, my wife is an adult type deal. But at the same time, you, yeah, I do see that. Yeah, I think I, I've catched myself at times having more patience with uh, my kids than my wife, for sure. Yeah, so. I think what hey, I was, well, here, what I, I think what I was thinking, what I was going to say with the, the wife part um, is, I guess it's kind of similar to what you were saying, but I was thinking that sometimes I see uh, a lot of a lot of uh, attention uh, like it's and again I this isn't because like you know uh, for instance okay let me give you an example I think that I think it's a when when like uh, I've I've seen wives online actually write about this in a positive way that they have uh, it could have been Rachel uh, Doug's daughter uh, I can't remember somebody wrote about it but I think it was good and they said that you know it, when you're if your husband works outside the home and he's coming home that, you know, you generally have an idea of when he might be coming home and that you should take some time to prepare the kids, you know, for your husband coming home so that when they come home, you know, you take the time to stop and go greet your husband and things like that. But I know that there are times when it's like I've talked to some men that are like, man, I come home and it's like I it's like I don't exist, like I didn't come home and and like I don't get any anybody that comes up and gives me a hug or anything like that, and the excuse, you know, is, well, I'm tired, I'm busy, I've been dealing with the kids type deal, thing like that. And I, and it, clearly, I'm not trying to throw every wife under the bus for that. That was just what I was thinking. And I under, obviously don't agree with that happening, but I understand the temptation on the wife's part of it, because, yeah, I'm, you know, depending on how many kids you have at home, I'm sure you can be tired, and it, you have been dealing with the kids all day. But like you said, I think you need to then start reevaluating what you're doing during the day, maybe set a reminder I don't know, half an hour before your husband comes home to kind of think, okay, well, you know, my husband's coming home and, 
to talk to the kids and say, hey, daddy's coming home in half an hour. Let's you know make sure we give him a hug and things like that. And then it kind of reorients what's going on in the house and, and how you interact with each other. Yeah. So, and the same thing, I think a husband again has to have understanding, mm-hmm. right? You've got six or seven kids. That's what I was just saying. They're say, all yeah, young. Yeah. Don't expect to come home and they all greet you like you're like the, the king of the world. Pre- pres- yeah. The king of England. <laughs> king right? of England or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 there's both on that. So, yeah, for sure. But because the relationship is closer than the child parent relationship, divorce, then like, Again, off limits. So that brings us to the third point, and then I think we'll take a break mm-hmm. after this, which is Jesus talks about the very nature of the marriage relationship. That is, that Christ puts two people together into one flesh, right? Two become one. And, and it's therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. And so... The very idea that marriage isn't an idea by humans, it's God's. And when God unites people, they're not two people anymore, right? It's not it's not a, a, about you anymore when you're married. It's about y'all, right? <laughs> or, you know, it, it, Such it a West a, Virginian. <laughs> it ain't about her. Well, in regular proper English, you is also plural, but it doesn't make you, good. You all? You, you all? You all? Yeah. You all? <laughs> Use, use, <laughs> and and you can say it's not about her and him; it's about them, right? And so, there's one flesh, and to think, who in their right mind would ever think about like cutting off half of their body? Yeah, all I said recently, you might find somebody who does that, but yeah, <laughs> we're talking said about right mind. We right said talking mind. about how much how much woker can you get, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe that's the next thing. Yeah, there is. It is. There's like people that want to get amputated and stuff. <sighs> so weird. Okay. But for the who's in the right mind would amputate their body in half. Yeah, uh-huh. right. And you can put it this way: Who in their right mind would dare break up what God put together? If you're mm. in your right mind, absolutely. So Jesus is basically saying, no, you can't get divorced for any reason at all, right? No, God put it in your body as your DNA. He made the relationship closer than mother and child, and he made the husband and wife one. Now, the Pharisees think that, like, they got Jesus, right? They're like, you ever seen that meme where it's like this black guy by a tree, and he's rubbing his hands together, and he's, like, licking his lips? No. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like he's like he's like ready to like he's it's like this meme of this picture of this black guy with his hands like rubbing together and his lips licking and he's like popping around the tree like he's waiting to he's chomping at the bits to do something. Okay. All right, go with it. I haven't seen it, but Well, yeah. all right. You're just not you're not a meme, Lord. Come on, man. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody's followed me online. I do like my memes and my gifts, but yeah. Okay, so uh the Pharisees think we've got him, right? Okay. Because, well, didn't Moses command for us to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? Yep, yep. And you're saying we shouldn't get divorced? Oh, what's going on? You're contradicting Moses, right? You know, it's it's kind of like when people say, like, what's your view on homosexuality? And you're like, well, Romans 1 calls it a sin. Uh, didn't you know that Jesus said not to judge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Quickly, I'll give you the answer to it, and then we'll take a break. But the answer is Jesus comes back with them and is like, you guys are twisting Scripture. Moses did not command you to do anything, right? The If you go back and you read a passage that they're referring to, which is Deuteronomy 24, the only command in that passage when it talks about, it says when a man takes a wife and marries her and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes, because he's found some indecency in her and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out from his house. And she leaves his house and goes and becomes another man's wife. And if the latter husband turns against her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies, who took her to be his wife, then her former husband who sent her away is not allowed to take her again to be his wife since she has been defiled for that abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance. 
So that's the passage they're referring to. And do you notice the only command in that passage? The not marry her again? Yes, that's part of it. But okay. the most explicit command is you shall not bring sin on the sin land. Only? Well, yeah. What well, <laughs> I meant is you don't marry her again. Yeah, because it brings sin on the land. Yeah, exactly. But So what's the whole point of it? Well, Jesus says it's because their hardness of heart mm-hmm. that Moses permitted this law. Uh, and what and we got to think is, and I'm afraid there are people that think that the civil law is the moral law exactly, but often civil law is the civil government laws are a way of governing sinners and dealing with people doing wicked things and trying to create some sense of order out of it. And so, yes, it, it follows God's moral law, but sometimes there's sin and things happening. And the civil government regulates something, not necessarily calling it right or good, but rather, uh, in a sense, there's performing triage. And that's what's happening here, right? Men are sending their women away. And if you remember in that time, they got a dowry, right? If you married a woman, you she came with a bunch of money. And so if you sent her away, uh, you're basically saying she was impure and you took her money Mm -hmm. and now she goes to another man and maybe he receives her, which would be very shameful for you because you said she was unclean and it's shameful for somebody there. And now maybe he dies and guess what he has? She has again. She's got a bunch of money again. Mm -hmm. And now the man's going to take her back. Yeah. Yeah. And so the law is basically saying you can't have it both ways, right? If you think you're going to divorce her and people were doing this wicked thing that God did not command for anybody to do, then the Bible and God's uh, civil law there, the civil government's going to come in and, and find a way to protect the woman even in the midst of this evil going on. And so it's basically forbidding somebody from profiting twice off of divorce and marriage. But it does not make it okay, right, or good, and nor does it make it a commandment to divorce your wife. And so Jesus points out the problem's not Moses, it's you. You're the problem. And then he he says, you know, uh, then he gives this command, right? Whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. It's pretty intense. Well, and what was the uh, what was the penalty for adultery? Yeah, death. I mean, that's why. Yeah. So my imagine when he said that they they certainly. I mean, I guess we don't think about that today, but they would have picked up the implication. I think. Yeah, and even at that time, if they were not able to carry out the death penalty, it's still kind of there. And so even in our day, right? So adultery. Is the re- it ends in the re- death of one of the people in the marriage covenant, and so it breaks it, which is why that is, if you want to put a call in a legit, legitimate exception, but the, you know I, I don't even really want to think about the exception of the day. Maybe we can do an episode on that, but the rule is no divorce. Don't get divorced. Yep, it's not an option. Now, the disciples ask this question. Maybe we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about it. Tell you what, we've been going for an hour, so let's make this a two-part episode. So I'm going to release this in two different parts so we don't overwhelm okay. you, <laughs> uh, dear listener. Um, so we're going to take a break after this. We're going to record this in one take, but we're going to release this as a two-part episode. So since we're going to end this episode here, if uh, this is your first episode and you're listening, um, welcome to the Patriarchy Podcast. We are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. And if you want to listen to our show, you now can find us on uh, any podcast catcher you want by looking Searching for the Patriarchy Podcast, it used to be under a large feed, now it's just under our feed, so go look for that. Or if you want to download the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network app, that's also a good way to get us and a bunch of other shows as well. Uh, If you would like to support our show, you can go to uh, missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash the patriarch, or forward slash patriarchy, not the patriarchy, and you get yourself some good coffee, and it goes to support us. Some missions uh, for Paul Washer's uh, Heart Cry Missionary Fund, and also goes to support our show. Uh, and if you would like to support our show directly and our network that we're on, you can go to fightlaughfeast.com, click to sign to become a member, and use the code PATRIARCHY when you do. It goes to support our show, gets you access to behind-the-scenes content, 
such as our other show after the sandwich and a bunch of other things on there too. Uh, so if you want to do that or sign up a friend, you can go to fightleftfeast.com and use the code patriarchy to sign up. So with that being said, we are going to break now, and then we'll record the second half of this, which we'll release right after it. Uh, so if you have not yet bowed your knee to Christ, repent and believe. And if you have, this is our call to you. Build, fight, protect, lead. This is The Patriarchy. Thank <laughs> you.